Podcast fam, what's up? Uh, first of all, if you're not subscribed, you're breaking my heart. But more importantly, today's episode is quickly and honestly about a Singapore Q&A session that completely rocked. I hope you enjoy it. Leave your two cents. Hit me up on Twitter. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Because we're going to be wanting admiration, which I think is a really courageous thing to admit to. But in your book, Crushing It, you also talk about um, the altruism and how important that is. Where do you see the line between the two? Because my career is all about helping charity, non-profits, and I'm terrified of the idea of putting myself in the spotlight. So where do you see the line between the two? You know, I think, I think the thing that I talked about very quickly up there about I want health for you and then I want self-awareness, I think the line is everybody here has got a different line. There, you know, I don't think anybody here should live on anybody else's line. I think the key is to try to figure yourself out. You know, I didn't realize you know, the reason that I was a class clown was because I wanted attention because you know, I was getting it at home. I think the line goes in a lot of places. I think the truth matters the most. There's a lot of people that play in nonprofit. When I sit on nonprofit boards and I realize that people join that board to get access to me for business purposes, that was a real eye-opener to me. And so I think everybody has their own line, um, but I think it's important to expose what you're selfish about, because so many people try to position themselves as selfless at all causes, and that's just not human. I think admiration doesn't feel very courageous to me, because the way I process it is, I'm desperate to bring you more value than you bring to me so that I have leverage of your admiration, which by virtue feels like you're just wanting to be a good person for the sake of something that's in you. So I just think that you have to draw the line where you draw the line. And listen, if, you, if you're naturally private, there's, that's super fine. My question is why though? And I think one of the biggest reasons people are naturally private is because they're hiding things. They want two things. They want stuff, but they also want to keep certain things secrets. And so I just think you have to be thoughtful. If you're not honest with yourself, you're fundamentally I I actually tweeted this the other day. I'm just stunned how much of a content platform LinkedIn has become. Because for a lot of us here, LinkedIn was a utility for recruiting and just reaching out to people. Using LinkedIn is not spamming people on LinkedIn messaging. Using LinkedIn is using LinkedIn the way you use Facebook or Twitter, putting out meaningful content, it finds itself to the right people in that world. I I think being happy, and that's what I think all these words, passion, being happy is imperative because it takes so many hours. It takes so many hours to beat the other people, to get yours kind of thing, or just to take advantage of the abundance. Um, If you don't, I'm just, I just think most, an enormous amount of people do it for the money, which has nothing to do with happiness. And so I think purpose, passion, process, like I get such a high out of the tough part. Like I like the bad stuff. I like the setbacks. I'm actually unbelievably addicted to the negativities of running a business, the hard part. When you love the process, you've achieved your goal. You have to understand, the money for me is a collateral to loving the process. Even the way you ask that question, you're looking for more money than I'm looking for. I'm just, and by the way, that doesn't mean I'm right or you're like, just even the way you ask the question. 
I've already won by putting myself in the process. All the other part is secondary. Got it? So you're not gonna be in it for the process. I mean that, which is okay. It really is okay. The key is trying to figure out why you want the other stuff. It's okay to want money, why? A lot of people love the idea of money so they don't have to work. That usually doesn't work out. Great, next question. Let's keep the questions to one only, please. Hi, uh, hi Gary. I'm Joel. I'm 21 years old. I'm here. Um, I just want to ask, you know, I don't know if you know this already, but um, national service is like a compulsory thing for all males in this um, country, so military service. Um, so I'm probably going to serve sometime mid next year. And I know you reach a lot of patients and looking at a bigger picture, but how do you replicate around, you know, putting your whole life on hold for pretty much two years? Because you have no choice. Yeah, and, and, and then the way um, the, the world is going so fast, and we're coming finish two years. The world will be there for you when you're done doing your military service. Just because you don't want to do it, or because you're excited to do the stuff that you want to be doing, but you're mandatory. You were born in Singapore, bro. You're going to the fucking military. <laughs> you know, like that's just the way it is, and that's that. And so there's pros and cons to everything. You could have been born in an indigenous country, like, like, you know, like, there's a lot worse places to win the lottery than Singapore. You know, you, like Israel and other places in the world, you're gonna have to pay your services, but this whole thought that I'm gonna miss out on my time is ludicrous. If you're good enough, if you're good enough, the years that you were in the military aren't gonna be the reason you lost. Don't use it as an excuse, bro. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. No, just get closer to the mic. Let's get closer because I want. I want. Can I come? I'm fine with it, but if they want to not let you, that's you know I'm in their house, so I have to be respectful. Okay, I understand. Fine. So, uh, uh, I was a software engineer. Uh, I remember. I remember. Then, then I become a senior marketing executive and I go to Dubai to work for an agency as a business owner. Yep. And now I want to work for your agency just for one month. I have my own business, it's called Bunkin. It's on Booking.com. So I want to connect seven worlds together. I, I want to connect seven worlds with seven wonders of the world all together. Yeah, but I'm very good at Twitter as well. Uh, I've been sponsored by Mercedes-Benz and many companies in India to, uh, to do their promotions and everything. And here also, I was chasing you, and you know, the, those rice guys are using your Facebook cover photo to promote their event. Um, I guess they have less audience this year. I don't know, but I just wanted to tell you. Thank you. So, and, and I come here, uh, last night you were in Malaysia, so I was tracking you on Twitter as well. So I tracked you, you know, your photographer was shooting, so I took his picture as well. Elevator also, I just wanted to give so that I, I take your attention, you know. Thank you very yeah, much. This is the currency I live on. I respect that. And I, I don't require money. This is like I, I've been volunteering this event. I volunteered for rice. I don't spend thousands of dollars and I know how to do things. I'm just 25 years old and I think I have just five more years, five more years to place every bet I have on this planet to make it successful for everyone around me. Good for you, man. Yeah. So do I get an internship? <laughs> that was the question? Yeah. So. Internship in New York? Yeah. The biggest problem is, I'm, I don't know if you've been reading the news, but. I get the visa, I get everything, you know. Just you, you get the visa. Yeah, I get I'm everything. absolutely I open get to it. I get the visa, I work. Ready? Yes. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, all right, great job. Next question. Do I still in the. Me, Gary at VaynerMedia.
Yep. Do I still uh, need to send you my uh, CV? What, what, what should I send you? Your email and say, I got the internship. I got, wow, thank you. I just wanted to hear this, thank you. You got thank it. You. Great job. Next question. Remember one question it. and keep it short. Not, no statements and, uh, and requests? Go ahead. Back up from Perth, really good to see you again. We'll get you there one day. Um, but my question is, Look over yeah, I was looking at yeah. it. I was like, it might be soon. My, yeah, my question is, um, I want to go a bit practical. Uh, the next 12 to 24 months, we're a little bit early in the voice sort of space. What do we do to go all in preparing for the fact that sort of the platforms of these yeah. platforms? Yeah. I would download all of the apps and I would get involved in all of the conversations yeah. because there's not enough to do just yet. It's just like iPhone apps. You know what else you can do? Go read about the first two years of iPhone apps. Be very educated on 2007 and 8 iPhone apps because what happened there is going to happen on voice. Look for look for patterns. Right. Thanks. What's up, Gary? How are you? I'm good. My name's Justin from Perth as well with the Perth crew. Bro, it's so hard to ask you a question. I mean, you give so much value, and some of the questions that are asked like. Guys, seriously, wake the fuck up. But I want to ask a real practical question, a little bit operational, right? So I run a service business out of Perth. How do you, you talk about giving value, right? Yes. Value, value, value. And something that we struggle, I guess, is growing a service business is this client management. Yes. And you shared, I think, in a couple nuggets here and there across, very rarely, around even being anxious around some client challenges of like, you know, coming out of this event and being like, right. dealing with a challenge. My, my question is, how do you empower your team to give value versus running money at a loss and obviously in the large scale of business? How do you empower client management teams to make decisions of value versus just burning budget and dollars? Um, by continuing the, co- this is a very good question by the way. Um, a lot of communication with them. I think the biggest issue that client service people make is they make decisions they think the client needs without listening very careful to the client. Every client is in control of the subjective nature of what the value is that they bring. Some like schmooze, some like black and white. I think what you're looking for is empathy. The best client service people have deep empathy which gives them the ability to know which way to turn. The way I empower them is by having the conversation around this with them and then watching what they do with it not by caging them into something. But it's a very human thing. Like as good as I feel about it, it could change tomorrow because a new client's been put on that business. The nature of client service business is not having control, which is why I've been very good at it because I'm very comfortable in not having control. You're in control of firing your client service people. That's what you have. Not super complicated. You just need to know what you signed up for. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Cheers, bro. Actually, from Yabar. So I follow you since last year, August, until this January. I follow you for six, six months. And now I don't follow you anymore because I've started doing, actually. And my question here is, you, you can see Yabar as a very uh, developing country or that country. So um, I actually started my own um, marketing agency. So, um, so if you are not born in Russia and if you not go to uh, like let's say America or even in Singapore, if you were born in a third country, uh, what would you do to start, uh, 
company because you you have chains everywhere. So what would you do? One more time. I want to make sure I understand the question. It's so, so so I'm actually I'm actually developing a marketing agency like you. I understand. Yeah. So if you are not in uh, if you don't born in uh, America or if you're not in Singapore, if you in a developing country or a third country, how would you start up a company? The same way I would do it in America. I would get a client, the first client, take the money and start building from scratch. Are you making an, are you making the assumption or positioning that there's more dollars in the system in bigger countries? Actually, nobody like nobody technically understands what digital marketing is. Nobody understands it in America either. I'm, I'm being serious. I actually think it's more interesting in doing business in developing markets because to your point, nobody understands. What you're alluding to is that means a lot of people are gonna say no to you. People say no everywhere. You know what's good about being in a developing country where, where a lot of customers are saying no? You're not competing with a lot of people. It's easier to build a digital marketing agency, especially for somebody who's been watching me carefully for six months in a third world or developing country than it is in Singapore or America. Easier. So go show me. Got it. Thank you, Gary. Hi, Gary. My name is Kangshen. So uh, I have this one question. Because I've seen uh, you're on a go 24-7, how do you maximize your time efficiency every day? Uh, by hiring two full-time assistants who try to make sure I don't do anything that's logistics oriented or doesn't take up my time. And by number two, not judging myself if I had a bad day that wasn't as valuable as it could have been. And then also on Fridays and Sundays, reviewing the two weeks ahead, every single minute I'm spending to make it a little bit better if I have the chance to cancel something and bring something in. How do you actually handle your bad days? Like what are the ways? I mean, I don't have a lot of bad days, mainly because I made my bed. Like, I think if you're a CEO or a founder or an entrepreneur, I don't think it's acceptable to kind of almost acknowledge bad days. Not that you should suppress feelings. Like, my bad days are handled with perspective. If my family is healthy, uh, you know, losing a big client or having an issue in my business is not a bad day. It's about perspective, you know? Uh, the CEO of Pepsi, Indra, canceled my meeting with her the other day, and I probably won't see her now for six months. It was a meeting I was looking forward to for three or four months. Very important. I thought I could really set up VaynerMedia for 2019. It got canceled. I doubt that I will see her the rest of the year. I didn't consider that a bad day. I considered that a fuck part of the game. Like, I hate it. I wish it happened. But I think too many people consider things bad day because the client service person fucked up. So I, you have to put things in perspective. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Gary. My name is Shannon. Hey, Shannon. I'm into restoring lives. Good. So with your latest book being titled Crushing It, yes. can you share about a time when you were really crushed? Like what happened and how did you overcome it? I don't think I really had that time happen yet. I anticipate it could happen, but... I, uh, I, it's no different than I told the, the gentleman just now. I reserve being crushed for when my parents die or something awful happens to my children. I don't, I don't have, I don't, I'm not a businessman that 
overextends myself so that I can go out of business and I'm not somebody that really cares about anybody's judgment on me. Um, so the answer is I don't have an answer to your question yet. Hopefully when that day comes, I'll be able to deploy perspective and be grateful for the good things I did have, but I, I, uh, I, I don't operate that way. So how do you psych yourself up to be like, you know, so positive every single day and you know, when negative things come, you're just like, oh, you know, heck it. I don't value other people's opinion. I, I, I really mean this, guys. I don't value your opinion. Like, I just, I don't value people's, you know, actually, I might have to start changing that. I've never thought of this. Because I, I do value the feedback tremendously. I don't value people's judgment. I think people struggle with judgment. If you're judging me, you're weak, not me. So, I don't struggle with judgment. I, I just don't understand what people think when something bad happens. Like, I don't, I think people put themselves into traps, emotional and financially. Emotionally, they allow judgment to dictate their behavior. They over, and then financially, you overextend yourself, and then when you lose an account, you're in trouble. I mean, I could lose all of VaynerMedia's business. I'm gonna make almost much money on this trip for three days than I'll make at VaynerMedia. I'm not kidding, because I'm investing it all back. I don't live my life in a way that I'm trapped financially. I also can live my life without fancy things. I think people are fucking fancy. You know why people are fancy? They want to have a facade to other people. If tomorrow I lived in an apartment in Newark, I'd be super fucking fine with it. Maybe it would be a struggle for me because my wife would struggle with it, my kids would struggle with it, but for me, for me, I'm fucking cool with it because guess what, what, what? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Hi Gary, my name is uh, Razi. I'm a digital marketing agency for the past six years. Earlier you mentioned about the little voice of doubt that comes in our head and how that was not, that was pleased by someone else. So my question to you is how does one uh, overcome the little voice of doubt that always crops up whenever you do something big, like even ask a question here, or do ask someone out, or go pitch to a big client. How does one overcome that little voice? By recognizing, regardless of that voice, the outcome of what they do isn't gonna be predicated by the fear and the doubt going into it. Meaning, all the fear you had when you first jumped into a pool swimming wasn't gonna dictate how good at swimming you were gonna be. I mean, I mean like it, it has no impact. Your doubt isn't gonna win or lose. Like, you know how people are like, I'm gonna psych myself up for this pitch, and they get really pumped for the pitch, and then they lose the business? Well, it didn't work. In the same way that you could doubt something, and then it went well, and you're like, oh, that went, you know, that is a very important conversation, but what you need to understand is it has no value. It's, it's not right. So just ignore it, that's what you saying. Once you start believing it's not right, and then you do 20 things, and sometimes the doubt was right, and sometimes the doubt was wrong, you start realizing it doesn't matter. What, what I struggle with is how people don't understand after they live some life, like what the results were of their life. You've had this doubt, sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't. It sounds like your doubt isn't accurate. Got it, thanks Gary. You're welcome.
Do you know that I go into every business thing thinking I'm gonna win it? Guess what? It's wrong. Because I haven't won every single thing I've done. But that's my default. But, but I don't let it affect me. Do you understand? I'm the opposite of you, but in the same way, it, I know that it has no value, so I don't let it get me too high or too low. I get it. How are How you? How do you define failure? Um, living your life based on other people. If, if you had a disabled son, what would you tell him? To not listen to other people. Okay. Judgment, brother, it's the poison of our society. Thanks. My friend, when people judge you, that's an indication of them, not you. All right. You rock. Thank you, you rock too. Hey, this is my buddy, Hitesh, man. Cool, bro. Uh, Gary, welcome back to Singapore. I'm Tom. I run a sales training company here in Singapore, so for me, uh, B2B is critical. Understood. Uh, we love LinkedIn. Yes. So. How can we really crush it on LinkedIn? How much content, are, don't bullshit me now, because yeah. I want you to win. How much content are you guys putting out that doesn't have the agenda of being a top of the funnel lead gen to people hiring you? It doesn't have the agenda? Correct. I know we can get a lot better. We put out a lot of content, <laughs> but we Got can it. fucking really get better. You're in the right hook, right hook, right hook, right hook business. There's a reason I wrote jab, 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 right hook. Go reread it slowly. Uh, what do you think about LinkedIn ads? Does it have the upside that Facebook it's, ads it's, has? It doesn't have a floor, which is why I don't love it. The reason I don't talk about it as much is they've created an artificial price. Right. I still think it might be underpriced, but the good thing about me through experience, not the young me, is I don't talk about things until I fully, fully understand it fully. My, here's what's blowing me away. Organically, it's one of the most interesting platforms. Brother, you're not putting out content for them, you're putting it out for you. Thank you, man. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, Gary. How are you? I'm great. My name is Tom. Tom. I just want to ask you, there's a lot of digital platforms that we can all leverage Yes. On, right? Uh, is there a tactic to build evergreen marketing funnel? Is there a what? A way, a tactic to build an evergreen marketing funnel. Uh, probably, but I want to understand, you know, the evergreen marketing funnel is called brand. That's the actual evergreen model. What I think you're asking is something different, so I want you to clarify it. Um, because every content that you put out on different platforms might uh, require you to change them constantly. But Correct. It's something that um, might never go out of time. Might, um, for example, say you can market it for like one to two months or even three months, doesn't work. No, because the consumer's attention, the algorithms, the context, culture, sometimes a word overnight becomes offensive. Almost nobody I've ever met in life is actually consumer-centric. There's only two people that I've ever met in the last 10 years, and one, excuse me, one I watched, one I met, that blew me away and I said, oh my God, they're as consumer-centric as me. Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg. And guess what, 10 years later, they've got two of the biggest fucking companies in the world. And in 10 years, I'll be the most famous fucking person on earth. You know why? When you are 100% focused on the customer and not what they can do for you. Do you know how many people here worry about how many likes they have 
versus worrying about replying to the people that actually gave them a like? Selfish. You guys are all fucking selfish. And I can smell it from a mile away. I can smell it from a mile away. And I will tell you that you're selfish, not because I want to be mean, because I want you to be happy. Brother, I know your agenda is staying the same, but you're basically telling me fuck the customer and I want to be lazy and do one evergreen thing. That's what you just said, Tom. So you better rethink your fucking strategy. All right, got it. Thank you so much, Gary. You're welcome, brother. Hi, Gary, I'm Patricia. Hi, Patricia. Um, I run a team of 20 staff and I know that you have actually preached a lot about entrepreneurship and at the same time, you have a really big team as yes. well. Right? So how do you actually deal with people on your team, especially those who are overly ambitious or people who are inspired by your message and they want to do something on their own? I want them to go do something on their own. Okay. VaynerMedia can't be a jail. Uh-huh. You know, if they're inspired, I mean, people come to me all the time and go, you know, Gary, when I first, I mean, a lot of people started VaynerMedia and never heard of me, which is a great accomplishment. I want that to be the case. And they'll say, you know, now I'm here a year and I've been listening to your stuff and wait a minute, I think I want to leave and do my own thing. And every time I go, let's go. How can I help you? Fantastic. So you actually go into a partnership or do you actually- That's rare. It's happened. I'm busy. And usually like if, if she wants to start a paper company or he wants to start a cupcake company, like I'm busy, but I'll introduce them to VCs, I'll give them advice, I'll try to help them. And then the other thing is I ask them to be self-aware. You know, a lot of times people don't understand the transition of, you know, right now entrepreneurship is cool. Yeah, it is. It's also very hard. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I ask them to figure out if they actually are an entrepreneur. Okay, so you actually bring them through your own personal experience and see if they have the right mindset, the beliefs, and the I ask questions. I ask about their childhood, I ask about them. You, you know, if they work for me, I've got a good read on them. Usually, I can have some sort of read. And there's kids I think that are, and I think there are kids that have no shot. Kids, all ages. Um, I've pushed some people to entrepreneurship and they think I'm trying to get them to quit, which is the weirdest <laughs> conversations I have with employees, but I know they'd be happier being their own boss. Um, so I'm empathetic. Okay. I'm excited about being on media in Singapore. Thank so. you. Okay. Thank you. Last question. Last question. I'm a trainer, and uh, I just want to ask a question. When you said about content, is it purely content or because right now I'm, I'm I have my Facebook page, so I put out the content about <laughs> you. Or the other thing is I put out the content plus call to action, which is come to my training. So, which one, which one is, do you recommend? Both. Both. But a lot, a lot more of the things that are just good content for them. No, no call to action. Jab, 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 right hook. Okay. Give, 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 ask. Okay. So the other thing is that the marketing, you said marketing, marketing, marketing. Put uh, more, spend more money on Facebook and Instagram. So, how much percentage you're talking about on from out of the profit, or what, how much you're talking about? If I put a lot of money, I, I go broke. Well, don't go broke. Yeah, that's what, that's what my question is. But where's the money going? What do you What do you mean? Let me help you understand. I run a two hundred million dollar company and don't make much money. And then why, why are you still walking? 
because I love the process. Okay, but don't you love your life and your wife and your family and your other things? Yes. Yeah. But I also invest in my business because my business is the thing that will let me love my wife and my things forever. But that's, it has to be profitable, isn't it? Of course. So my question is how much percentage as of little, As little as possible. Little mean 1%, 2%? That's not the right way to think about it. How much money do you need to take home to pay for your life that you're so happy about? And let me ask you a question. Do you need four sports jackets or three? Do you need 11 pairs of pants or seven? Do you need to go on three vacations or two? My friend, every dollar you put back into your business gives you the potential to have that business be healthier long term. Most people start businesses to take the money out to buy themselves things, which is why they never build long term big businesses. Thank you. I just, I just literally told you up here that I was willing to give up my house on the Upper East Side, my home in the Hamptons, and live in an apartment in Newark. Life and living your life is based on many different things. There's people that make $150,000 a year and then when they make $200,000, they're miserable but they were happy at 150. That's real life. So you're defining your life on an arbitrary number based on how much money you made last year or how much you want to make this year. That is not a mapping to the happiness. Meanwhile, Facebook is one of the best deals of all time happening right now. So you're not gonna invest as much as properly needed because you wanna buy stuff. By the way, mazel tov, enjoy. You do you. But that's the debate. Yeah, because a lot of people say, come out from the comfort zone, but I just fucking love the comfort zone because this is, this is life. This Mazel tov. Just don't complain when your business doesn't grow that much over yeah. the next decade. Yeah. You're not feeding your business. You're feeding yourself. Good. But you better fucking shut up about why am I not growing. You know why you're not growing. You're not feeding it. So to answer your question, why do I do it? Because I love the process more than the other stuff. You love the other stuff more than the process. That's okay. I don't think I'm right. That's just who we are. So I'll probably build billion dollar companies and you won't. Doesn't mean I'm right. You might have more vacations and eat more food and go to more matches and spend more time with people. That's great. Life is about choices. But you can't have both. And I think when there's a moment in time that's special like this, it's probably a good idea to take advantage of it. Because you can go back to being comfortable three years later, and oh by the way, that comfortable tends to be far better than it was three years earlier. So just now you said about Facebook, that, that, the one that you, you go through the Google ads and all those things, right? So it's like, are you saying that, you know, a few people, a few marketers saying that Facebook become more expensive this year? So it are you saying that it's gonna be fucking more expensive in coming years? Yes. Thank you. I, and, and by the way, it's still a ridiculous deal. Because when you buy something for $2 and it's $6, you think, you think it's expensive. But if you realize it's actually worth $75. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody give Gary a big hand. Thank you so much. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. The podcast has been exploding. So many of you are new. It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And please, 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 you know, if I bring you any value, it would just mean the world to me if you passed it on. Like screenshooting your screen right now and posting it on Instagram stories or on a tweet or on LinkedIn. I'm just so desperate for the explosion of the podcast because I bring it brings so much value and and if you can do anything, so many of you, like literally 10,000 DMs and emails a week, what can I do for you? I'm not looking for anything. You don't need to buy the sneakers. You don't need to buy the, the, the books. You don't need to do anything. But passing on my content just means the world to me. So please do if you think it's worth it.